hey, hey, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, the Capacity Coach, Nicole Roan, and I am so glad that you're here. This is the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about all the things that can come up as we try to juggle our competing priorities, manage self-care, work in our businesses and or in the corporate space and intentionally work on managing our capacity so that we can show up in excellence in every single room that we walk in, aka be able to flow and flourish, hence the name of the podcast. We believe that when you flow effortlessly, you flourish tremendously. And this podcast is dedicated to giving you the tips, tools, resources, all those things that you need to be able to do just that. Now, if this is your very first time here, then welcome to the sister friend tribe of like-hearted, like-minded women who are on a journey similar to yours. We are all here to get our capacity together, okay? In order to do that, we use five different areas of flow to help you be able to manage it all. So create that work-life balance that's going to be ideal for your specific situation and ultimately just walk the talk. Now, more information on those five areas of flow can be found at the very beginning of this podcast. So episodes one through five, I believe. So make sure that you tap into those so that we are all working from the same foundation as we collectively increase our capacity for sustainable success. If you've been here before, then welcome back, sister friend. I'm so glad that you choose to tune in and spend your time and energy with me. You already know that I do this for you because when one of us wins, we all win. Now, before we get into the episode today, I do have to let you know that This episode is being brought to you by the Capacity Calculator. Yes, the Capacity Calculator is a free tool that allows you to really check in on what really is on your plate and what are you making a priority in your personal or professional life. If you've never taken it before, then I invite you to go ahead and take it today. And even if you have taken it before, take it again because our capacity shifts based on the season that we're in. All of the details can be found on my website or right here in the show notes. So make sure you take advantage of this absolutely free capacity calculator tool that I created for all of us to be able to flow and flourish. All right, let's get into this episode. Yay, we are recording. Miss Tamika, oh, I am so excited to have you here on the Flow and Flourish podcast. Nicole, I told you before, I am so excited to be here on the Flow and Flourish podcast. I totally (laughs) just admire you, your platform, what you stand for. I told you when I had you on my podcast that I always feel the joy through every episode. And there's just one thing that you typically always say throughout a conversation And it just truly tickles me. And that's when you say, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am, it's your own way of like gathering the person or the conversation. Like, let's bring this back together, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, you don't make my cheeks hurt. Oh, (laughs) it's so funny. I didn't even realize I said that so much, not even just in the podcast, but throughout my regular life, because to my mom, I've said, ma'am, and she looked at me sideways, like, excuse me, I just look. I'm just asking, you know, can we, you know, da-da-da-da-da, or even at work. So, yeah, thank you for saying that. I just dually adore you and all the things that you are doing, and I am so grateful for your yes, for you coming on to talk about something that 
you know, I haven't talked a whole lot about, you know, when we recorded our podcast, we, of course, chit chatted and talked about love and marriage and family and all of that good stuff. And so I'm excited to have another lens and a similar story as well in being a wife and being a mom. But before we jump into that, I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. You know, you already have your bio, but just help us understand how you got in the space that you're in today. Sure, sure. So thank you again for having me on your podcast. I am Tamika McTeer, host of the Ageless Conversations podcast, certified marriage facilitator, a wife of 16 years, and as I'd like to say, recovering Miss Independent. (laughs) And so while I am in the space of being married for 16 years, there was a time when I was single. And so for all of you listeners out there, if you've ever had a chance to sit in a space of being single and then you transition to marriage, you know that it's not always the easiest thing, but if you are open to change and you have that open mind, I believe that the transformation that will take place is something that's going to be very rewarding for you individually and collectively for you and your spouse. But yeah, really, that's just a little bit about me um, as we open up. I have the Ageless Conversations podcast as well, where I just like to share stories there to help educate, equip, and empower women to live their best lives, to thrive in life and love at any age. Um, Oftentimes, people will say because of their age, they can't achieve something because they're too old, they're too young. And what I like to say, age is truly a lifestyle. When you embrace it, It's so much more that you can do. But if you leave yourself in a position where you are continually stuck and using age as a crutch for why you can't move forward or why you have not moved forward, then you'll allow that to dictate your life and you won't be able to get to a place where I believe that we all can be. And that's at a place of thriving. Yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted you on here. And, you know, in my mind, I know, you know, what I'm about to say might be look controversial because some people either love them or hate them. But as you were talking, I'm thinking in the words of R. Kelly, age ain't nothing but a number. You know, (laughs) it it, it truly is nothing but a number. But for whatever reason, we totally get caught up in that. And so for Mm me, really identifying and understanding that age truly is nothing but a number started for me at the tender age of 19 when I became a mom. And at that time, I had a decision to make was I going to allow the statistics and what the world would say would be true about a young mom or was I going to embrace my title, my motherhood and everything that came along with it and get to a place where I knew that I could thrive in life. And so for me specifically on my podcast, I always like to talk about the four pillars of fitness, faith, family and finances. That's not something that for me in particular, that I just woke up one day and said, this is what I'm going to start doing for my business or this is what I'm going to talk about on my podcast. But really it's birthed from a place of me truly living my lifestyle, not determined by age. At such a tender age of 19, it's what I've been doing for over 20 years now. I'm nothing without my faith. I'm nothing without my faith. And it took an encounter for me to really get back to my relationship with God. Sure, I was introduced to him just as many young girls or many people as a young child, but it was something altogether different when I became an adult and wanted to know him intimately for myself. And getting to know the creator and knowing that he doesn't hold me in this place where he's going to look down on me because I became a mom at the tender age of 19, regardless of what the world said or regardless of what everybody else said, 
it was there in that personal encounter that I had with him when I rededicated my life back to him at just the early age of, I was about 21 at the time and wow. really got an understanding of really what that was. And I, it became very clear to me at that time that he was a God of the highs and of the lows and I could go to him with anything. Mm-hmm. It took me back to a place where that's where I really began my relationship and really had the opportunity to dig into the Bible and get to know, again, like I said, the creator for myself and just applying that word and just continuing to build and grow and who I was. So that probably was like the beginning and intro steps for me. But Mm -hmm. then just encounters with like fitness and most people would hear that and think probably, oh, she's talking about specifically working out. While working out is one of the things and benefits that I was able to gain from that, it was the fit mindset. Mm -hmm. It's always Mm -hmm. been the strong mindset that I've been able to adapt that has it's been a catalyst of what's being able to propel me and life to continue to move forward. Yes, challenges happen along the way. Yes, you have encounters and you wonder, how did I get here or how can I continue to move forward? But I've always found that regardless of the situation, for me personally, when I have ignited just the mindset of having relentless resilience to continue to move forward, it's always gotten me to a place where I'm going to thrive. It's not to say the challenges are going to happen, but I'm going to thrive. I don't allow myself to sit and have these pity parties. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not knocking the person that does that, but it's never been beneficial for me. Yeah. Listen, ma'am, you done said so much <laughs> already. And you know, I closely identify with your experiences and all of that. And as you were talking, it made me think about When I had my daughter at 19, there was so much shame that I felt for dropping out of college, for being the one who graduated high school a year early to now having a child in my teens still. And the amount of the fitness that you need in your mindset to be resilient, the amount of faith you need to be able to move forward with that. And then even building your family at that stage. So just really being able to pick up and continue to move forward and not fall into the pity party realm and be able to really truly thrive. I know as we move into talking about being Miss Independent, and I don't know if this is true for you, but because of that, with me being a single mom for the first seven years, could nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> like I was like, I am woman, hear me roar when all okay. the independence came out, the remixes, all of yes. those. Like Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about, you know, how that has played into you and shedding that Miss Independent title and embracing marriage and being a wife. Yeah, and sure. And just to dive into it just a little bit more, prior to me even becoming a married woman, I had already purchased my first home for my daughter and I. And so financially, I was stable. Like I said, I was really in a place of thriving. Sure, I was dating and in relationships and things like that, but nothing meaningful ever became of them. I wouldn't even say I had even encountered any relationships there beyond my daughter's father where I felt like I loved anyone. I had never exchanged those words with anybody else. I truly was in a space where I was getting to know God and just having my relationship with him be so good. I was really focused on being a phenomenal mother for my daughter, and I was really focused on getting us to a place financially where we could just thrive. 
because I had become that statistic of becoming a mom at the tender age of 19, it was also my ultimate goal not to be attached to anything when you think of public assistance and things like that. Again, yes, I know that some people need that. And I'm grateful that those benefits are available to the person that can utilize them. But for me, I didn't want any attachment to it. So working hard and get into a place where I could have everything I wanted and and just feel so secure. I was there. I was Mm -hmm. totally there. And so I would say probably like many of your listeners, I was groomed to be misindependent. Not because anybody told me I had to be, but I chose to be on a quest to not become another statistic after becoming a mom at the tender age of 19. I had grown accustomed to being a strong one that could do things without a man. And that worked until I met my husband. What I did... (laughs) You know, you know why I'm laughing. (laughs) And that worked until I met my husband, girl. You know, when I became Mrs. McTeer, what I didn't know was that Miss Independent would have to go. I just didn't realize it. And so when you see me today, the woman you see me today as is you wouldn't. I'm totally not the same person as I have completely evolved as a wife. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I have completely evolved. And I wish I could tell you that I just prayed and things changed, but that's not my reality because I was playing yet another one of my games of the silent treatment. And I know you know about that silent treatment because we've all played that game a time or two. Mm. Yeah. We've, we've all played that game a time or two. And so while it's not my proudest moment to share, when I think back on it back then, I can't even tell you exactly what the conversation was, but I was always remember to tell you how I felt. And what I felt, if I wasn't going to be heard, then I wasn't going to speak. Mm-hmm. And so suffering in silence from 24 to 72 hours oftentimes is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Just because I was so used to having my way. I was so used to me being the person to, you know, make decisions and not have to include anybody else. Mm-hmm. And even with that, when I think back on it, I often say, that to some degree, I may have um, suffered from having like an only child syndrome. Mm -hmm. Even though I am not the only child, I have a sister. We're nine years apart. So Mm -hmm. essentially, to some degree, I spent a lot of my time growing up in a household by myself, being the only child, being spoiled, always having my way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, when I didn't always get that or there was conflict, What was I supposed to do or what did I do? I pouted about it. You know what I'm saying? And so I remember being in my closet one day and just sitting on the ground and wondering, you know, how did I get here? And just crying out to God. I felt trapped often wondering what was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to apologize to my husband? Mm -hmm. Was I supposed to wait on him to apologize to me? Mm -hmm. I was uncertain if I would ever get to a point where I would feel like, I could say what was on my heart without fear of judgment, rejection, or abandonment. Mm -hmm. I knew this wasn't the way. I knew, Nicole, that this wasn't the way it was supposed to be or how I was supposed to live the rest of my life, you know, in my marriage. But there I was. I felt challenged so many times when it came to conversations and us having a disagreement and feeling trapped because... Nobody wants to carry around the title of feeling like every time I open my mouth, it comes off as a nag or my husband Mm -hmm. feels attacked or my voice doesn't matter. And I just remember going into my closet and saying, God, please help me. Like, Mm -hmm. I need you. I can no longer do this alone. I'm ready to surrender 
and do the work to specifically find out why it is that I'm having trouble communicating and being vulnerable with my husband. Like I wanted to do the work and that's just my personality. I'm always ready to do the work. I'm a person that's truly about personal development and self-reflection. Again, constructive feedback. So if it's something that I'm not doing, like I want to know. Tell me. Yeah. Like I want to know. Let's fix this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I want to know. And so because I was having such a hard time doing that specifically with my husband, the next best person I knew to call out to was God. Show me what is it that I'm not doing? Because I know it's not healthy. It's not productive. And this is not what I envision for my marriage. When I look at what God ordained as a covenant and what it should be, I was like, this, this, is, that. this is not that. So truly- I'm going to pause too for a second. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you go said ahead. so much, so many good things and things that I didn't even realize I brought into my relationship as a wife. I saw like my mom give the silent treatment. <laughs> and I also saw my mom while being married still be Miss Independent. And so we don't realize how much of that carries over. And similar to you, although I wouldn't call it the only child complex because I have 10 siblings, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm the second oldest, right? And I'm the oldest girl. And so I jokingly say by default, that makes me the oldest because I still was taking care of my big brother. I was running around doing things in the house to help my mom and even taking care of my siblings. And so I have been used to being the decision maker or being the one to help influence a decision. Right. And so for me, after being a single mom for seven years, and then my husband and I working things out and it coming back full circle, I had led this independent life Mm -hmm. for so long. And I oftentimes would say like, I don't have to ask you nothing. Like, (laughs) excuse you? (laughs) And that got us in so many arguments. Or I would say things like, I don't need you, right? It to flex my independence. Yeah. And it made me feel good, but it crushed him. (laughs) And I didn't understand why I was behaving that way, but literally sitting and listening to you. Like I knew part of it was being, you know, a single mom. And like you, I went, And I got my degrees. I made six Mm -hmm. figures. I did all of those different things to set us up financially so that we didn't have to continue to be part of the statistical piece. Like I had the public assistance. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, the low income housing and I didn't want that for us. I wanted bigger and better. And so throughout that striving, I got accustomed to saying, I don't need you. And it was horrible. You know, so I wanted to just go back to that quickly because I know there are other women who may be struggling with that. And I want to dive into, and I know you were getting into this because you couldn't do it anymore by yourself. So you sought out God and asked for some help on how to really manage through that. So tell me a little bit about what that process was like and how it's impacted your marriage. Sure. And so before I get into specifically what that looked like, I also want the listeners to know this. For me in particular, although I was in a space where I was thriving individually prior to being married, I have to be honest and say one of the things that I truly did, one of the things I truly took on was somebody else's story, Mm. somebody else's reality. And I brought the reality of relationships that I saw around me into my marriage. And so what I mean by when I say I brought the reality of what other people's story was into my marriage, you see, my husband and I, 
I would say if I didn't bring some of that unnecessary stuff into the marriage, a lot of the disagreements and things like that that we had would have never happened. And what I mean by that is for me, I said, if you listen to what I said in the beginning, I said I had grown to being accustomed, the strong one and accustomed to doing things without a man, not because anybody told me to, but I chose to based on what I saw. And so a lot of what I saw in my childhood growing up and just through the women in my family is in my words, I would say, I don't feel like I saw strong women. So that's why I said my story is totally different from what I saw. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I saw so many women being weak in a sense of where they were truly dependent on men and they didn't show any level of independence. Sure, they had their own jobs and things like that. But when it really came to like owning some strengths and things like that, I saw women, I felt like bow down to men in ways that I was like, oh, I'm never doing that. Oh, like wow. you would never have that type of power over me. A lot of that came because I seen domestic violence in my own household growing up. My father. Mm-hmm you know, was physically abusive to my mother. So to me, as a little girl growing up, because I saw her stay in it longer than she should have, I saw that as some type of a weakness. Obviously, you can only speak to something when you don't know it. You just speak it from a place of unknown. So being a child and witnessing something like that, I'm just like, who would go for that? Because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, pick up something and knock somebody upside the head. Like, mm-hmm. it's so many other things I'm thinking that you It's so do. simple in your yeah. mind, right? In my mind. Not realizing the complexity. Yeah, the like, thing. it's more to that. You know, I've also seen women in my family trust their husbands only to see their homes get foreclosure on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many stories I could go on and on and tell about how I've seen women in my family fully trust the men in their lives. And so for me, why my husband had never exemplified or displayed any of those type of behaviors. I always had those reminders in the back of my head about how other men had treated the women in my family. So a piece of me not wanting to give up my vulnerability was strictly based on what I saw. Although I carried the marriage title, I still was afraid to fully immerse myself in fully being married and open up and really let my husband know, you know, how I was feeling when we had a disagreement or challenges and things like that, that I will come upon because I've seen so many other women get taken advantage of. So in my mind, I was like, if I'm vulnerable in this way, if I show him like who I am, how I need him or the areas that I'm weak, mm-hmm. that means he's going to take advantage of me, correct? Listen, you got fireworks going off in my brain. <laughs> because So if you're going to take advantage oh. of me, there's no way I'm going to open up and let you fully know who I am and yeah. how we can thrive at this thing together. Mm-hmm. And so in my journey of really getting closer to God and really seeking him, it's so funny when I think about it because he's given me, like I said, a lot of this, it was so many years ago, but it's one that I really like to share with people today because I know that it's something that's probably still very applicable for so many other women out there. But he really gave it to me to Tamika, you have to do the one thing that you're not doing. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, you have to talk. You have to talk. You have to transform your mind. What you are truly thinking about your marriage is not your reality. You have to transform the way that you are thinking about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Transform your mind. And then he said, assess your foundation. Mm. Our foundation was always solid and we were still looking to God. My foundation is the one thing that I said that I went back to. God, I need you. Mm-hmm. 
This marriage was built on faith. So why would I not tap back into that? Learn new techniques is the L in that. What I'm currently doing is not working. So surely I need to learn a new way of doing what it is that I'm doing if I want to have impactful communication with my husband. Mm -hmm. And then the K was to kickstart that new journey with confidence. Not from a place of lack, but with confidence, knowing that when I do the work, because I'm focusing on Tamika and the areas that she's having challenges with, the role that she is playing in a marriage, surely goodness is going to come out on the other side and it's mm-hmm. going to be beneficial for us as a whole. So really, that's something that I always think about it now. Anytime I come up against a challenge, I'm like, what's not working? And it sounds like the simplest thing, but go ahead and have that talk. And I'll oftentimes when we, <laughs> oftentimes when we have to have that talk, the first thing that you know, and anything that we can do, if we're going to be impactful, if we're going to get to the other side of it, it's, it's always going to start with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Transforming your mind. Oh, there's so much to unpack. I don't even know where to start. First and foremost, thank you for sharing your experience, your story, and being vulnerable with us because it takes a big person to admit like, hey, I was part of the problem. And also to talk through what you feel like just didn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And so being able to do that and admit, hey, I was not in a space, I was contributing to the issue, that can be tough sometimes. Yeah. A couple of things that you said, first and foremost, about the vulnerability part, right? I had no idea that your experience was, you know, seeing other women being taken advantage of men, that Mm -hmm. that fueled it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I identify with parts of that, but also really just, girl, being able to tap in and think about why I was afraid to be vulnerable as well. And part of it relates back to that, right? Because of how I saw other women operate in marriages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although I witnessed some domestic violence, I still also saw women who were being the strong one that Mm -hmm. many of us have come to grow up and be. And so to me, that went back to trust, right? I remember my mom not trusting my dad to take care of stuff or not trusting my stepdad to take care of stuff. So it was really embedded in me through becoming an independent And then seeing how those outside relationships operated, I too brought that in, you know, to the point of where, and honestly, this is a real transparent moment. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. So my daughter's last name is different from mine. Okay. And that is because my mom was like, don't you give that girl his last (laughs) name? Y'all are not married. And so I went with that. But years later, you know, because of that, my daughter insisted, even when my husband and I got married, and that is her dad, yeah. she insisted on keeping that name because she saw me be independent for seven years. Yeah. And so I'm still apologizing to this day saying, hey, the reason I made that decision was because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And then even going back to the trust piece, right? I didn't know that I could trust him to provide for me because I never really saw anybody do that for my mom. My mom worked. She ran a daycare. She worked outside of the home. She did all kinds of things and essentially was the breadwinner. 
Yeah. And talking with you today, recognizing that, like, it's making me connect the dots. So thank you for that. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are other women who are like, man, that's me. I may have seen some good stuff, some bad stuff, but I don't trust my husband. And it ain't even his fault. (laughs) and, And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I truly took on somebody else's story. I took on several other stories. Pretty much every woman in my family, I could probably find something in her story. And it's weird when I think about it, because instead of having a mindset to attract what good I could take from it, for whatever reason, my radar was always gravitating to what the negative was. Mm-hmm. My radar was always gravitating to whatever the negative in that relationship was. It's like, oh, I see this happening. Oh, I see you doing this. Oh, he couldn't let her do that. She had to ask what? For yeah. who? What? It's almost like a self-protection though, right? It, it, it really was. It, you it, it def- do the opposite. Mm-hmm. It definitely was a self-protection, a guard that I had up. And so it was very, very hard for me to release that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then for my husband and I, when you think about having a disagreement, even having a disagreement, it looked totally different for both of us. Because for me, like I said, I grew up in a household. My parents were together for a very long time, for 17 years to be exact, but they were never married. My husband, on the other hand, my in-laws, they just celebrated 51 years of marriage this past November. I Um, need you to pause for a second, because that's something else that you did not know. My mom and dad were together for 18 years and never married. Wow. We have so so much much going. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So they were together all that time, but they never married. And then my husband, he comes from this household, you know, where he is married. And I'm not going to say perfect household or anything like that, but I will say one of the differences too, when you talk about a marriage and bringing two people together that's totally opposite and, you know, just different stories and things like that. I came from a household where, again, I saw disagreements and things like that. I saw some forms of domestic violence, whereas my husband, for the length of time his parents have been married, he says that he's never even seen them have a disagreement. And to some... And to some people, some people would say, oh, that's phenomenal. But to me, when I, I was like, okay, that's retarded. I was like, um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's How something. How is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's something that's not truthful about that. And I was like, that's cool that you've never experienced that. But that does not mean that your parents have never had a disagreement. And so to some degree, and this is just my opinion, everybody can have a different opinion, but I think that we should be showing our children a healthy disagreement. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying have this big, long, drawn out fight in front of your children, but I'm saying for this grown man to say that he's never seen his parents have an argument, to me, that's another red flag because that's automatically sending that individual into a marriage expecting that there will be no disagreements. Of perfectionism, right? And so when, that. yeah. And so when they encounter one, clearly they like, what the heck am I involved in? Because I have never witness this mm-hmm. and so it's so much about marriage that i don't know everybody's story is going to be different and your childhood it plays so much into who you are and how you show up but i also think that we all have the power to get to the change that we want to see in our marriage and it definitely starts with ourselves and so i don't think it's fair to continually walk around for people to continually walk around and say well my marriage is this or my marriage is that or he is doing this and it's like well, really, have you reevaluated your marriage? Have you tried to do anything to work on your marriage? Or are you always uh, approaching your marriage from a place of pointing the finger or saying what that person is not doing? 
because mm-hmm. here's the reality. If some of the challenges that you're having in your marriage, it can sometimes be safe to say that those same challenges or communication issues that you might be having in your marriage are spilling over in other areas of your life. And it's so if they are spilling over into other areas of your life and you're the common denominator in those other relationships that you have with yourself, whether it's with your money, whether it's with your faith, whether it's in your fitness, whatever the topic and whatever it is, if you are the common denominator, then I think it's safe to say that you should be willing to do some self-evaluation and find out exactly what it is in the role that you're playing in the relationships that you're a part of. Oh. That self-awareness piece though, right? Yeah. yeah. Like this is a good segue to talk about your talk because your acronym and the process, because really it takes a huge amount of self-awareness to sit back. And you know what I do as a capacity coach and helping everybody really be able to understand how our personal life impacts our professional life. Yeah. You have to really know that how you're showing up in your marriage is not the only place that you're showing up like that. Nine times out of 10, you are showing up like that in your professional life, in your friendships, in other relationships. And so having that mindset, having that sat yourself down, right? (laughs) Yes. Similar to you, my whole thing is the plane method. And so with you, the talk is T for transform your mind, A for assess your foundation, L for learn techniques and K to kickstart this journey with confidence, right? Yeah. For me, it's almost identical because for plain, it's P for process, right? Processing what is working, what is not working, right? L is for listening, listening to yourself, to others around you, you know, taking in that feedback. Mm-hmm. A for aligning, right? Getting it all together. What you know this, so what now? What what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. I is then for implementing and in is nourishing and navigating. So it's really the same thing, being able to take that self-assessment yes. and be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. And this is not working. And then commit to doing something different. And as independent women who are the go-tos, who are the strong ones, you know, who are used to doing everything, being everything for everybody. Yeah. It can be really, really tough to even get in that headspace because it's like, who am I going to talk to? And that's why you go to God. And I just, I love it so much. I love everything that you're doing. I love this whole framework because we have to, to have healthy marriages. Yeah. That's one of the things, though, I feel like when I was in the beginning of my journey and going through it, it's so interesting because my husband and I have always, always since the beginning of our marriage been connected to like small groups in church, covenant couples, whatever the church had for like married couples and things like that. We were always connected to it. But it's so funny because even though we were connected in that way before we even started like leading married couples and things like that, I felt like the church was not where I could get real conversations for people. Mm. I felt like- Go on and preach. Go on and preach. (laughs) I I felt like, although we were connected to so many people, we had such a close relationship with our pastor and things like that. When I would ask just simple questions of people like, how do you navigate this situation? Here's an example. How would you navigate that? People often came back 
and would just use terms such as just pray about it. And I kept thinking as powerful as prayer is and as much as I believe in it and I've seen it work for me, I was like, this is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard. If one more person says like to just pray about it, I was thinking to myself, so Okay, people are really trying to make me think I'm crazy now because are you guys trying to tell me that you never had disagreements? Like, I'm just asking mm-hmm. for real life practical situations mm-hmm. and not everybody putting on a facade and saying that they are like these Christian marriages that don't have disagreements, mm-hmm. that don't have disagreements. Because I'm like, I just know that that's not true. And so that was probably, you know, that was a long time ago, like when my husband and I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, and a lot of where the transformation took place. So once we got to a place where we are now here living in the Carolinas, that's one of the things that I felt God calling us to so strongly and not to do it where I'm just serving women and that he's serving men, but that he called us both to serve married couples in ministry, Mm -hmm. you know, and specifically provide a place and an opportunity for them to share real life stories about what's going on in their marriages. I found that it was so much powerful and impactful. When I saw couples going after what they wanted to achieve into in their marriage together versus mm-hmm. them doing it individually, because so many times that's another thing I feel like you'll see. I feel like women put in the work. Women are always out looking for personal development, always trying to connect to another sister, always being very transparent for the most part and asking questions like, how do you navigate this part of your life or how do you navigate mm-hmm. this part? But it wasn't so much um, of something that I saw of people tackling together and going at it at you know, with couples together. And mm-hmm. so that's where, when my husband and I moved here to the Carolinas and we got connected to our church elevation here, that's one of the things that God really called us to. And it's a space that we really thrived in, really being able to pour into couples and see them go from a place of crawling to actually stand up walking in their marriage and being confident to go mm-hmm. to their husbands or being confident to go to their wives and actually say, what's going on, but knowing too that they had a support system that they could really fall back on that was going to be truthful with them, transparent, but still guide them in, you know, what God says your marriage should be to help them get to a place of thriving. If more people could get to, I feel like that space, I think that you will have more people specifically in the church that's not walking away from their marriages, but continuing that fight together. Because it's always going, yeah, yeah, figuring it out. Because so many times you see it being one-sided and them just going after, like, she's like, well, I'm doing this or, but how about doing it together? How about getting connected to somebody that you see doing it together? Listen, first of all, thank you and your husband for what you are doing and creating that safe space. Because similar to you, we were told to pray about it, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, we did have our pastor who married us that we would go to and have, you know, the couples counseling. We did the premarital counseling. You know, we check in every now and again. But in addition to that, we also sought therapy and therapy from a Christian counselor to have those safe conversations around things like she don't give it up enough right? Like I needed more or he steps on my toes in front of the kids or he controls the money. Like to have a space to have those kind of conversations is not just mind blowing, but just, it is doing so much good for marriage in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And especially as women of color, right? I don't know about you, but like, I don't have a whole lot of friends who are married. 
right? I'm the only in that respect. And so that also limits where you can have conversations. And then traditionally we're taught, you don't talk about what's going on in your okay, right? (laughs) And so I found that my sister and I sometimes would struggle to confide in each other, even though we're sisters, because we didn't want each other to judge us or because we learned that's not what you do. Yeah. So again, I just commend you for creating this safe space to have these open and honest conversations because we got to talk about it somewhere. Yeah, we We have have to talk about it. I just, I love it so, so much. And I know, you know, I don't want to keep you forever. I do want you to make sure you give me all the information about, you know, if this is something virtual that people can attend as well, just you're doing such amazing work. And I know we started talking about, you know, being Miss Independent. But this is the work that you need to do to go from being. Yeah, Miss Independent to thrive. And so that's why I say I like to simply just teach women how to talk to thrive in life and love. Mm, Come on now. And it's a whole (laughs) process. It's a whole process that I, you know, like to take women through. But the Mm -hmm. simplicity of it is I'm going to teach you how to simply talk to thrive in not only love, but in life as well. Mm-hmm. We have so many unspoken desires. Yeah, that we're afraid to get crushed, that we push to the side because we think that they don't matter. Because again, that's something that society teaches us, right? We should be moms, just moms. And if you don't have kids, you're, you know, looked at funny. If you're not married, you're mm-hmm. looked at funny. Just all of those different things. So I love the work that you're doing. And I thank you so much for doing it. Um, thank you, Nicole. Before we get out of here, since you listen to the podcast, you know these questions, (laughs) but still, I'm going to ask them anyway. Okay. If you could go back to age 17 and give yourself one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Oh, man. If I could go back and tell my 17-year-old Tamika self, I would tell her, life is going to come with some challenges, but you are tough. Remember that faith that you were introduced to as a young girl. Tap into it when you need it. It's always available to you. Stay true to yourself. Don't worry about what anybody else has to say and everything else will work itself out. Oh, I absolutely love that. I don't think anybody has said to tap into their faith. So you are the first one. Come on now. (laughs) Although we talk about it, I don't recall any of the guests saying, hey, I want you to remember the faith that you found so early. So thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. For me, it's my reality. I said, that's what took me back. I remember who my mother introduced me to as a young girl. Yeah. Ask for number two. I want you to tell me, what do you do on a regular basis to manage your capacity and make sure that you're able to flow and flourish in your personal and or professional life? Sure. Yeah. So what I would say to that is really the introvert in me has no problem with taking quiet time to herself. (laughs) (laughs) So I have no problem. I've never had any problem with truly just like excusing myself and saying to my family now, I don't have a problem with saying like, seriously, I need quiet time, especially my lady cave that I like to hang out in here in the home. If the door is shut, then that really means that it's just quiet time for myself. I really need that. And so in addition to that quiet time to myself, maybe it includes reading a book. Sometimes it does include delegating and letting my family know where they can support me 
to ensure that I'm staying in a place where I feel that I'm managing my capacity and continuing to thrive. You have me at Lady Cave. Can I say that? <laughs> Lady Cave and delegation. Now, you know, that is making me smile from the inside out. I love it. Love it. Love it. Oh. That was a part of releasing Miss Independent because even when you think about that and roles in the home, although I never, although I would say we've never had a marriage that's been, what is it, role? Mm-hmm. You do this role, I do this role, yeah. gender roles. Yeah. I still struggle sometimes to, you know, invite other people in or let my husband assist in that way. So I found very much freedom in that now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do everything. I don't have a problem delegating. Like if you want to do that, have at it. Thank you, sir. I so appreciate you. Listen, that struggle is real, right? And I too, gosh, we have so much in common. I struggled with that area because my husband is a chef. And I was always taught the woman is supposed to cook. So I didn't want to give that up, even though yeah. he's better at it. Right? Okay. Like just craziness. Just do it. And then he also, he's one, I'm so grateful. He does laundry, you know? And so I thought in my head, again, this is what a woman is supposed to do. But <laughs> yes. now look, part of being Miss Independent. Yes, sir. Please. Yup. You know what? It just make sure that you add a little extra bleach to the whites. Okay. Like fabric softener. You know, those kinds of things. So I love that you tied that to breaking free from Miss Independent. So, so good. Thank you for that. Okay. Last but not least, we have talked about so many wonderful things. You've given so many gems. What is the one thing that you want the listeners to walk away with today? Um, The one thing I want listeners to walk away with today is, I would say, change your mindset, gain confidence, and you can live that life that you want thriving not determined by age. Mm, Come on now. Even with these ageless conversations, just, I wanted to tell you too, the podcast I was listening to was about, I don't remember how old the lady was, but she became a bodybuilder and just the fire and the passion that comes from knowing that you know, we put a limit on ages. And so, of course, you know, I'm endorsing your podcast. It's so amazing. So phenomenal. I love it. Thank you. Um, Tell us a little bit about where people can find you. Of course, I'm going to include all this information in the show notes, but how can people get in contact with you, Miss Tamika McClear? Sure. So people can find me at my website. That's www.tamikamcteer.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook on Instagram underscore Tamika McTeer and the podcast got an underscore. Let me find out. Girl, (laughs) let me find out a little bit more. No, sisters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And of course, I'm going to invite you to become a listener and check me out over at the Ageless Conversations podcast, which you can find on all podcasting platforms. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest and making this be such a fruitful conversation. I definitely look forward to having more conversations about this because it's not talked about enough. So thank you. God bless you and your husband for the work that you're doing. And I know we are going to reconnect soon. Most definitely. Nicole, thank you so much for having me be a guest here today. As I told you before, I truly love your podcast. And so it's an honor to be here in your space today. Stop it. You're going to make me cry these last couple days. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am. Of course. (laughs) Was that not worth the wait? Listen, Alma, I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. 
Ladies, listen, it's a process, right? You didn't become independent overnight. So being able to shed that cape or release all the things associated with that takes time. But it's the awareness that allows us to understand how that impacts us in our intimate relationships with our significant other. So I hope and pray that something in this episode spoke to you, that it blessed you, and it's really going to help you reflect on how you want to show up as a wife in your marriage. I said it at the beginning and I'll say it here too again. This is something that I'm constantly working on and Chef Roan will happily tell you that, okay? It's definitely a process. It's definitely a journey. But for me, it's a journey worth going on because I also have to keep in mind that there are a lot of things that I'm unlearning and that I'm simultaneously teaching my daughter that watches our everyday interactions. My son, who's also watching our everyday interactions. My sister, who lives with us and is also watching those interactions. We're setting the tone for what healthy relationships look like. So I encourage you to, if you need to, listen to this again, take some notes, do what you need to do, but understand what works and what doesn't work in this season of your life. As for next week, I will be right back here with another brand new episode as we finish off the month of February. So make sure that you tune back in. And of course, at the end of this, make sure that you are liking it, that you are subscribing to it, and that you are taking the time to rate the podcast. And I'm going to say that a lot this season because I need other people to find out just how fantabulous this podcast is. And you taking the time to rate it helps me to do that. So go ahead, rate it, share it, send it to other people, and then catch me back here next week. In the meantime, I look forward to continuing to be able to be your capacity coach by helping you to create balance between your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, or what matters most to you. Talk to you next week.